Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Good morning, or whenever you are listening to this episode, I am so excited to share with you this conversation I had with one of my favorite new follows, Lizzie Mathis. Lizzie is the founder and editor-in-chief of the Cool Mom Co., which is an all-inclusive, diversity-driven resource brand on food, style, living, and beauty for moms, and she is also the host of the Cool Mom Podcast. She's originally from Detroit, Michigan, and she began modeling and acting at the age of 17, And then later on, after she became a mother, she found it was a major shift to her lifestyle, which I'm sure many of us can agree with, and her career and mindset. And she says that she leaned heavily into motherhood and at the same time pushed aside many of the passions that she had grown to love, which I also heavily relate to. So the Cool Mom Co. was born out of a need for Lizzie to remind all mothers to put themselves first, reignite the passions they may have left behind, and how dope they are as women and to keep bringing that cool to motherhood, which I fucking love. I actually was just featured by them, which is a true honor. Lizzie's latest project is a home renovation show in partnership with her close friend, Jessica Alba, called Honest Renovations. They are surprising parents with renovations to take their homes from cluttered and chaotic to functional and fabulous, but it is not your average home reno show because they get very honest about the pain points of parenting and the pressure points of a family home, and there are tons of heartwarming moments and plenty of laughter along the way. You can watch now on Roku, which we have linked in the show notes. So make sure you check out the show after this. I love this conversation so freaking much and I'm so excited to continue to consume her content and get just more of Lizzie in my life. Come on in, take a seat. I'm really excited to have you because you. you're someone who I just recently started following. Okay. But I immediately okay. like love your do you vibe. think? Okay. Love the energy. <laughs> love the vibe. What's the conclusion? The conclusion is I'm here. I'm okay. staying. I didn't unfollow Great. you. That's really good. But I really want to start from the beginning of what inspired, I think, what you're doing now. Of mm-hmm. like, what was the transition like for you from non-motherhood to motherhood because oh my god I had a very hard time with it yeah and when I look at the content you've created and the company you've built and all of that Mm -hmm. it does kind of feel like that was the driving force of realizing oh shit I kind of let go of myself I let go of my passions I lost myself yeah so what was that like for you 
you know, this is crazy because I was never, first of all, one of those like women who just was like, oh my God, all I want to do is like have babies. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to get married. I can't wait to have kids. And I had friends like that who happen still not to be, you know, haven't found their person and, and, mm -hmm. and unfortunately don't have like kids yet, but they still want kids. And I just was never that. Like I wasn't that in my 20s. I wasn't that when I was younger. And I always remember my mom, she used to be like, all I wanted was kids. Even though she was a working woman, she just always wanted kids. Mm -hmm. And I just never was like that. So when I met my husband and he was like, yeah, you know, I always wanted to have a family, but it just wasn't my focus. It was hard for me to jump into becoming a mother. It wasn't hard necessarily becoming a wife, but it was hard mm -hmm. becoming a mother. I just kept wanting to put it off. Like I was like, eh, it's just not good timing. Like, mm, I don't know, y'all. Like, well, I'm still in my career. Really hard to accept. Like, my entire life is going to change. Yes. It's just, I didn't think, I just didn't think that, okay, it was, like, it was time for that. Like, mm -hmm. I knew that that was going to be a lot. And I was like, it's not time for that. And so there was a point in time where I was traveling so much as a model. And I was traveling three times a week. I was always gone. My husband and I, we were dating. And then when we got married, we were both, like, in and out, in and out. And one time we just kind of had a sit down and we were like, all right, what are we going to do? Like, we both want families, but when is the time? He was like, I'm going to be honest with you. It's never going to be never. a good time. I was like, I know, but you just, I don't know. <laughs> it's just so hard. And, and so at the time too, it wasn't cool to be a mom. Like it wasn't like it is now. Now it's like, oh girl, you got kids. Oh, I love that. You're so mm -hmm. cute with your little mini me's. And it wasn't like that. It was like, you know, as a model, you were looked at as like, if you had kids, you were looked at instantly 10 years older than what you were. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, oh my God, I'm never going to work again. I'm never going to work again. My clients aren't going to hire me anymore. What am I going to do if I get pregnant and become a mom? And we sat down, my husband and I, we were just like, listen, let's make a decision right now that we're never going to put career before our family. And if family is what, when we die or on our deathbeds, if that's the one thing we're thinking about, just making sure that we have a beautiful, full family life, if that's important to us, we'll never put it before career. And we made that choice right then and there and we stuck to it. And so, you know, I got pregnant the first time and I miscarried and it was devastating. And it was, it was honestly such a, um, a low because we had told everybody that we were pregnant. And so we miscarried like late, like, you know, and so I was just like, man, that's messed up. Like, I just couldn't, I couldn't think any more past that. And I remember talking to my grandmother before she passed and she was like, Lizzie, you and Issa is my husband's name. You and Issa come from strong stock. You're going to have healthy babies. And I was like, how do you know? How do you know? <laughs> and so I went on to have my first my first baby girl and she was healthy. And I literally leaned so far into her. Yeah. I was like, what else matters? Oh, I'm sorry. If it's not a job that I truly care about, I'm not traveling three times a week anymore. It doesn't matter. My time mm -hmm. became super important to me and my energy and my happiness. And she was everything that I cared about. So that's how it started. But with that came consequences, right? Yep. I literally lost so much of me and everything was poured into her. And so I forgot that I loved being a woman. I forgot that I loved like, literally I went through a phase and this is so TMI, but I went through a phase where I just stopped shaving. Mm -hmm. I didn't care. I like let hair grow you are in places. Yeah. I was like, this is me. I'm a free woman. I am breastfeeding and I am with my baby and I am, you know, and it was just like, she went everywhere with me, whether it was work or not. 
And I just like started to pour, pour, pour into her. But I think what was happening and it took a friend of mine to be like, yo, Lizzie, let's hold up. Like she didn't have kids. This was a friend who didn't have kids. And she's very close to me. And she was like, I just feel like you're losing who you were. And I was like, "Uh, -uh, don't talk to me like that. You don't know me like you don't have kids. You don't know what it's like. Mm -hmm. But then I had to sit on it. And I had to really like reflect. And I think I realized that I lost so much of, I was losing so much of the things that brought me joy outside of being a mother. And the Cool Mom Co. was created because there was this merging of the two that I really wanted moms to have and, and to connect with. You could be a woman and you could be your full woman self, whatever that was before kids, but you can also be a really dope, cool, great mother. And those can coexist. And for a second there, it took me a, a real minute to find how to bridge those two together. But once I found it, I was like, all right, we all need to find this. Like this mm-hmm. is, this is hard. I think so many people struggle with this because mm-hmm. I know for me, I leaned the hell in yeah. when I had my first son. Like I was like, this is what I was meant to do. And I was always someone who wanted kids. I always mm-hmm. wanted to be pregnant. So then it was even more confusing when I didn't like being pregnant. Ah. Like, Wait, I've been waiting for this forever. And when he came, you mentioned this too, but it just put everything in perspective. Mm-hmm. All of the things that I used to be so anxious about and overthink and stress over. I was like, what does that matter anymore? I had new anxieties. I'm not saying I wasn't anxious. (laughs) Absolutely. There were things keeping me up at night, but it wasn't the same things at all because all of those things that I had worried about prior felt so not important and small. Exactly. And even I had this moment the other night where he's now a little over two Mm -hmm. and he was just having a hard time going down to bed. We're dealing with a new schedule because he's now in camp and the nap time is later, whatever. And so he's like, mommy, lay with me. And so I get in his crib, which like I don't recommend doing at seven months pregnant. (laughs) And I'm laying there with him and he's like, mommy, are you sleeping too? And I'm like, yes, honey. And he's like, don't leave me. And I just start hysterically crying. And I'm like, the fact that I am someone's true comfort. That's right. Like my being is the comfort to someone Mm -hmm. puts everything in perspective for me. And You know, I think it's really important as we talk about this to acknowledge that like some people would rather and want to focus on a career over children. And I am so for the like me too child free by choice movement that we're experiencing right now of people choosing not to have kids. Everyone do your own thing and what's best for you. Yep. But when you choose, if you choose to have children, that feeling is like nothing matters more than this. I think you know what it does. It puts, like you said, it's a perspective. But you know, it's funny because before children, I don't think I realized how much power I also possessed as a woman. Agreed. Like I was like going through my life and everything was about me, you Mm -hmm. know? Like I was like, okay, I'm good. Like, you know, oh my God, I'm so tired. Oh my brunch sounds really nice today. You know, I think (laughs) I'm just gonna sleep. My body needs it. You know, it's like all those things. I think not until I had kids, I was like, oh, you mean I have to learn how to multitask? Right. And like my brain has to be in literally five places at one time. And put someone else first. You know, you know what did that to me though? Marriage. Oh. Marriage did that to me. Like marriage really took me out of this whole like, self like only I don't Mm want to say selfish but this whole self obsessed kind of thing and marriage was like wait a minute I have to consider you when I go to the grocery store that's fair I was with my husband since I was 16 so like you this is I feel like that always but I will say we were long distance for college and then when we moved to New York 
I struggled. I was so excited because I'm like, oh, we're going to be in the same city. Yes. And then we kind of had a hard time because I was like, shit, I forgot that we have to make time for each other because yes. we've been at these different schools. We're You're like, so used to living we, independent lives. I was independent, even yeah. though I had him. We were mm-hmm. still communicating, but I could do whatever the hell I wanted. Right. And when we moved here, I was like, wait, I forgot that I have to schedule time to see you now. That exactly. That's so I totally get that as well. But I also think with the perspective and time comes the importance of like, how am I spending my time? Right. What is the time being spent on? And mm-hmm. does it matter? Because right. I've cut out things in my life that are just time sucks. Yeah. And you know, people. Yes. That's another thing. Absolutely. Relationships change with people, mm-hmm. whether it's friendships. For me, it's even like with my family, siblings, mm-hmm. you know, like all that changed when I had kids. I was like, what? Yeah. Like, what are you, how are you coming for me like this? <laughs> like my brother and I, one of my brothers and I are very, very close. And when I had kids, he didn't have kids yet. It was almost like he was like, you don't have time. Like you just like mm-hmm. you you don't have time. That's your focus. You put them first. And it was it was kind of like a thing between us. When he had a kid, he was like, oh, I get it. Like, I totally get it. Like, it's, it, yeah. I understand that the time issue and like your focus and really what you care about kind of changes, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm doing a friendship series on my show right now where I'm having on some of my closest friends just in life who like aren't on social media. Yeah. To talk about friendships and th- struggles we've faced and how we've evolved and all of these things and how we've that. maintained really strong bonds. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting because with what we're saying, relationships change whether the other person has a child or whether they don't That's and right. then the conversation shifts I have one of my best friends who doesn't have kids who sure I talk about my son but like that's not the focus of our conversation yeah my other best friend who has kids our text messages are like all he won't it. sleep yeah, what are you exactly. eating what are you buying for fall clothes yeah. like what backpack yeah. do I buy it's yeah. such exactly. that how are we of, how are exactly. we potty training yeah. literally exactly I feel like I talk about my love for romance novels, especially my fantasy ones, a lot across all of my platforms, but they are truly one of my favorite ways to like unwind after a long day. I will recommend them to just about anyone with ears. And not only do I love my steamy novels, but also audio stories, which is why I am so excited to introduce you to today's sponsor, Dipsy. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. I get a lot of questions on how to revamp one's sex life, especially after kids, and this is a great tool to help. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. You can discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. Plus, they are radically inclusive and offer stories for straight and queer listeners. There is truly something for everyone. And the best part is that the content is released every week, so you can always find something new to explore in between listening to your favorite stories over and over again. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasy, relax and unwind, or even heat things up with a partner. I am so excited for you all to try and report back with your thoughts and experiences because you know I love a good juicy DM combo. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash Cameron. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash Cameron. Dipsystories.com slash Cameron. Hi, everyone. I'm Peyton Sarton, host of the Note to Self podcast. Note to Self is a space to embrace your unique qualities, get grounded, and ultimately have honest conversation. No topic is off limits. I began doing social media seven years ago, and since then, I've started a clothing line and this podcast. 
Note to Self is a place where people from every stage of life can come for advice, new perspectives, and to feel a little less alone. Whether I'm recording by myself or bringing along a friend, we will explore topics ranging from relationships and mental wellness to social media and entrepreneurship. Tune in to Note to Self every week for the sisterly advice you didn't know you needed and raw conversations you've always wanted. So with the Cool Mom Co. Mm -hmm. and finding this bridge, I'm big on prioritizing yourself. You Mm -hmm. know, I got to a place in my postpartum where I was so deeply depleted because I had given everything I had in myself to my child Mm -hmm. and had forgotten similarly to what you said, like who I was as a human. Yeah. What do you do now? Or what did you do at that time? If it's different, Mm -hmm. that prioritizes yourself as well, because we really do. I know it sounds so silly, but you have to fill your own cup. You cannot pour from an empty cup. Like that is true. You know, it's, I think it's one of the hardest questions as women that we face though, because you're right. It's like, you know, you know, cognitively you're supposed to do this and we all preach it. Yes. Self-care, self-love, fill your cup. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. But it's the hardest thing to do. I can honestly say I don't always do it. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest with you. It's, it's almost the last thing I think about sometimes throughout the week. Um, If I, if I have to give you an answer, it's going to be, I try and take baths where I lock the door. I try and, you know, give myself time to, after the kids go down, I try and just give myself, you know, moments to meditate. I try and Mm -hmm. meditate before bed. I like it before bed just because I have a little bit more time. I'm not a morning person. So it's so hard for me to meditate in the morning. So I try and do that. I'm learning to that exercise can also be a way of self-love for me, which exercise has always been like, that well, for me, from a modeling background. <laughs> I hate it. I just, so. I like being active. I will wall climb. I will surf. I will, I will roller skate. I will do all those things. But for me, like being on a treadmill is not fun and I hate it. So I'm Ooh. trying to learn how to Can I say something bring a self love. Yes. If it's not fun, then why go on a treadmill? I like, know. Do you movement, say that's this. Fun. I know. But sometimes the only thing you have and the only, you okay, only have 10 minutes to get it that's done. that's all you have. But yeah. like, I'm a huge proponent for people listening. They know this. I am like, you have to enjoy your movement. Otherwise, why the fuck are you doing it? It's like, so true. I don't like going to a spin class. You're not going to find know what me I've in a spin been class. Loving? I've been loving Pilates. Oh, I, I'm a big Pilates girl. Yeah. It took me a minute to find mm-hmm. it, but I've been loving Pilates. Love that Pilates. I will say. So a I, good Pilates feels like a big body hug. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no, it doesn't feel like a body <laughs> hug. <laughs> I, will, I will not agree with that. Are one. you doing Legree or like classic reformer? I'm doing reformer. Okay, I'm doing okay. classic reformer and it does not feel like a body hug. <laughs> After? Uh, no, oh my God, I no, love no, it. it does not. Okay. However, I am learning to enjoy it. And I feel like afterwards I feel accomplished in a way. Like yeah, it's like, oh my absolutely. God, you know what, girl, I did that, you yes. know? And so that is, that, that's how <laughs> I feel, Cameron. I don't know how you okay, came out. Fair. But I also, but, I did say when you were speaking, like you come from a modeling background, because I think speaking with one of my closest friends who uh-huh. is in the modeling industry, like the brain has been warped. Yeah in that industry to like insane degrees of your relationship with your body and exercise and food and body image. I was lucky though. You didn't feel like that way? Nah, 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 nah. Well, that's amazing. You know, I think it's also at the heart of it. I am a girl from Detroit. 
I came from a single mom. Mm-hmm. Like, girl, my mom ain't have no time for that. She's like, <laughs> you better love yourself, love your body. You're amazing. Stop. And so I think I just, I, I, you you know what's funny is that when I was younger, I used to get teased so much for being skinny. I listened to you talk like, about this on the show. And like knobby knees mm-hmm. and people used to be like, oh my God, I, you're like a twig. I could break you in half. And I used to be teased so bad for being skinny that it wasn't until probably late high school, early college that I was like, oh my God, I'm amazing. Like, I love my body. I love myself and really started to get comfortable in my skin. Mm-hmm. But once that happened, nah, we're good. Like, the 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 great part about modeling that I will say is that it does toughen you up. It I'm makes sure. it, you hear so many no's that like, no, you're not right. No, blah, mm-hmm. blah. but it was mostly your face. It wasn't your body. It was like, mostly <laughs> like, nah, you're not the right look. Your hair isn't what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. No, we're looking for someone a little bit of a different skin tone, yeah. like that kind of thing. But it just toughens you up. You you realize really quick that no is okay. Oh, I hear no all the time. No I'm is like, okay. I'm like, I want to partner with this brand. They're like, no. I'm yeah. like, okay, next. Yeah. I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's keep it moving then. And I think that was a great thing about modeling. But mm-hmm. I was fortunate never to have body issues or like feel like I had to diet or anything like that. That's amazing. I came from a background where my mom was like, no, 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 no. If you're going to do this, we're not going to do that. Well, way to go, mom. We're not going to do that. I also want to talk about within the Cool Mom Co., there's a large focus on diversity, which yes. is, from what I've read, one of the main reasons mm-hmm. you started this all. Yes. And I do think such a large part of wellness, yes, but motherhood culture that we see online mm-hmm. is focused on white women. Yeah. So what, obviously, other than being a black woman, yeah. what sparked that desire to be like, there needs to be a space for this and I want to be the one that creates it. Okay, I'm going to be real with you, Cameron. And this is is honestly where it kind of came from. I am married to a black man. I am a black woman. I have black children. And whenever, and my husband is a model uh, as well, and that's how we met in the industry. And whenever we would go out as a family, people would look at us like we were these pink elephants in the room. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, well, hell, what what is everyone looking at? And I quickly became I quickly realized that people weren't used to seeing families of color together. And, you know, I think in the black culture for a long time, besides like the Cosby show and, you know, the Obamas, we're portrayed as broken homes and, mm-hmm. you know, single, single parents. parents. And and honestly, that's my story. Listen, I was raised by a single mom. But it's not the totality of who we are as a culture and as a people. And so we would walk in these spaces and everyone would be like, oh, you're married? This is your family? And so quickly into pregnancy, the idea for me was just that I didn't see any people like me who were going through this happy time of their life. I didn't see any women of color in the the web space that were talking about their journey And also sharing it as more of a a group thing. Like, you know, these are tips, yes, for people with a little more melanin in their skin or, you know, this is something that you can look out for. But there was nothing that showcased us as well. And so for me, I mean, I was raised in Detroit. I came from a very multicultural background, meaning like I went to school with all types of people. And we have the largest Arab population like in Detroit and you know, obviously African-American and, you know, white and Asian, all different types of, of people. And I'm actually writing a book about this, like a kid's book. That's exciting. 
But I think it was just important for me to show it. Mm -hmm. I was like, why can't there be a place where we are also represented? And like you said, I would go to all these websites and the only people I would see would be white women and Mm -hmm. who were pregnant and happy and looked thriving. And there was nowhere that I could go where I saw myself. And I really just wanted to create a space that people could come and see themselves no matter what race or ethnicity that were. And I think there's something to that, right? Absolutely. You have to be able to see yourself because that's how your voice is heard. That's how you connect. That's how you feel like you can relate to the conversation of whatever's happening. And I think that was really important for me. And so when I didn't see it, I was like, hold up, I have to, Mm -hmm. There, there has to be something there. Absolutely. And I think there still continues to be such a need. Mm -hmm. It's not like, you know, one thing is not going to change at all. It's a continuous conversation. Speaking on race as Mm -hmm. a black mother, what do you feel is the biggest hardship you face in today's world of raising black children? I think that's a layered question. I think I think there are so many hardships. I think that what the world saw during the Black Lives Matter movement is what we've been taught all of our lives. Mm -hmm. I remember my mom sitting down with my brothers and my grandmother sitting down with my brothers and having a conversation about when there's something going on at school, they're going to see you because they're going to notice your skin color. They're going to notice your curly hair. They're going to see you immediately. And you are going to be the one that is targeted and picked out of the crowd. I remember, you know, growing up being pulled over and being so nervous, hands shaking, literally almost out of my body. I don't have any drugs on me. I'm not like, you know, I don't have any open alcohol bottles. I don't have any firearms, nothing like that. But feeling so nervous because I had always heard so many stories of people who look like me or whatever having situations or being pulled out of the car and mm-hmm. all that stuff like that. So it's like this is being followed in stores. That happened to me in high school where they would like target or look at me and my friend group because we were in the store and they thought we were going to steal something like these are things that we are taught as a young age. And so I think when the world on social media saw Black Lives Matter, you saw a glimpse of what we've been going. We've been taught since kids like these are the conversations we have at the dinner table privately, just like everyone else might have conversations about something else in their individual cultures and communities. Those are the conversations we're instantly having. And so I think when you say that question of like, what what is it when I'm raising black children? It's about continuing those conversations because, yes, it might be more public now, but I don't think I don't think the change has occurred to the point where it needs to be. So do I still need to have a conversation with my black daughters about how the world will see them? Yes. I remember Halle Berry saying something, and this is when I was younger. Halle Berry said her mom had a conversation with her and Halle Berry's mixed. Her mom, I believe, Mm -hmm. is is white and her dad was black, is black. And her mom sat her down and said, the world will see you as a black woman. They're not going to know that you're mixed. They're not going to know that your mom is white and your dad is black. They will see you as a black woman. So when you walk into a space, understand that that's that is how the world will view you. And you're going to have to act accordingly within those. And so those are the conversations that, you know, I'm very open and honest with my daughters about. My son is five, so he's still too young to kind of like understand it. But we will have the conversation with him one day, too, that there's certain things that you have to be aware of and you have to be cautious of and you have to be careful of of the situations that you put yourself in because not everybody will will want the best for you. Mm-hmm. And like I said, this is a conversation that 
we've always had in our communities. Like I, re- I remember them clearly. And I think it's really important for listeners, especially white women who are mothers or want to be mothers, is that these are conversations that the community, the black community has been having mm-hmm. forever mm-hmm. and from a very early age. Right. And like you said, I don't think everyone's eyes were opened to it until the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. But I would encourage white women, myself included, and this is something that we talk about a lot as a family. I have black nephews and mm-hmm. it's at the forefront of many of our conversations mm-hmm. is that these are conversations we should also be having with our white families of race yeah. at a young age. Like it it should not be reliant on the black community to be the ones talking about this. Obviously the conversations are going to be different right. because it's right. different circumstances, but bringing it up, bringing awareness yeah. and speaking about it. Because yeah. I think for so long we were taught like, don't see color. Yeah, of course. Race isn't a thing. But it is. But it is. It is. Like, it's like you can't no deny, deny it. it. And that's okay. Totally. Like, that's the beauty in who we are as, as a society, right? Is that we all bring so many differences into the conversation. And I think that you're right. Like, don't see color. No, see my color. Right. I want you to recognize me for a beautiful black woman, a beautiful woman, a beautiful like mm-hmm. I, I am black and I love being that. I want you to see it because I want you to understand that my hair is different than yours. Yep. I want you to understand that my skin requires different things than yours. Mm-hmm. I want you to understand all of it. And I want you to understand that I come from a my culture. There's things that I talk about in my home, in my community that I was raised with that may be a little different from yours. Yep. But let's discuss it. Let's learn from it. And let's like, you know, let's openly have the conversation about it. Totally. I don't think it's anything to hide. And I think when you when you do say, oh, don't see color, don't see color. It's it's unrealistic because you're 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 missing so much of the beauty of how we learn from each other. Mm-hmm. This episode focuses a lot on parenting and finding ways to still make time for yourself while navigating this huge life change. And one thing I personally struggled with in the beginning was like all of this kid-focused play that I personally just did not find entertaining. It felt like way more of a task than something I actually enjoyed. And I felt like my son could pick up on that energy. Then I found KiwiCo. They are redefining the future of play by making it engaging, enriching, and seriously fun. With super cool hands-on projects designed to inspire a lifelong love for learning, KiwiCo is turning playtime into an adventure of discovery. Each month, KiwiCo delivers crates packed with fun, kid-friendly topics and activities that cover everything from engineering robots to exploring the science of cooking. It's like a treasure trove of creativity all conveniently delivered to your doorsteps. We are huge fans of the KiwiCo marble run and art easel that permanently resides in our living room. Um, One of the sides has this reversible like chalkboard and whiteboard that we are constantly drawing on and weaving into our arts and craft playtime, which is a favorite around here. And my parents recently got it for their beach house and Squash walked into the house and was like, they have an easel here too. Like he's obsessed with it. Redefine learning with play and explore hands-on projects that build creative confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line at KiwiCo.com with code Cameron. That's 50% off your first month with promo code Cameron at K-I-W-I-C-O.com. Busy parents, friends, and home cooks, I have got something exciting to share with you today that will make your weeknight dinners a breeze. Plus, if you are like me, it will immediately spark some childhood memories. It is all about Pillsbury Crescent Rolls and the deliciously simple recipes you can create with them. Growing up, they were one of my absolute favorite parts of dinner time, and still I feel so freaking nostalgic whenever I 
pop that little can open or I smell their golden delicious crust cooking in the oven. Pillsbury Crescent Rolls can be a game changer in your kitchen. Yes, they're great as is as a side, but with just a few simple steps, you can fill, roll, and bake and whip up kid-pleasing dinner recipes that won't take all night. Simply roll up your favorite ingredients into a crescent roll and voila, you've got a quick and easy spin on weeknight recipes that will please even the pickiest eaters. Pillsbury Crescents take center stage as they transform from a side dish to the main attraction. They have some incredible recipes over on Pillsbury.com, like their pepperoni pizza crescent rolls, their chicken bacon ranch crescent rolls, and ham and cheese crescent rolls. We all know that time is precious, and with Pillsbury crescent rolls, which you can find in the dairy aisle of your favorite grocery store, you can have dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. Say goodbye to the stress of mealtime and hello to delicious simplicity. Find more weeknight dinner recipes at Pillsbury.com and start your culinary adventure today. Today, your weeknight dinners will never be the same. But yes, I, I think that, you know, like you said, I think everyone can have these conversations. And to be honest with you, everyone can have conversations about multiple different cultures yes. and communities. I think it starts at home. So I, I think that also what your kids are picking up, what they're going to school with is what is being said or felt or heard at home. And I I just truly believe that. I think in L.A., it's, you know, it's interesting that you say this, but in L.A., we live in L.A. And I think I'm originally from Detroit. My husband's from Alabama. We never had we never had trouble being around ethnicities like like they were just ingrained in our everyday. And I think that in L.A., one thing that we constantly try and seek out is my kids go to private schools. It's hard because I don't think there's enough diversity in our private school system in in Los Angeles. And so for us, we're constantly trying to to make sure that our kids are around multiple different types of people, constantly trying to find our communities, our culture, even just within L.A. And L.A. is is an extremely diverse Mm -hmm. city, but I think you just have to be proactive about it. Yeah, and it was obviously, well, not obviously, it was a large part of my husband and my conversation when we were moving mm. to towns of like looking at that because right. I felt I didn't have that yeah. growing up. Interesting. He would say that he feels he did. He, we grew up in the same town. He went to public school. I went to private school. Then he transferred to my school. Mm. I would say we lived in a very white town. He would say it's more diverse than I'm aware, but I went to a school with basically all white people. Ah. So- It was part of our conversation as well. I want to obviously touch on your new project, Honest Renovations. So I have so many questions because (laughs) I'm just blown away by like what you guys are able to do. Truly. Like, have you seen it? Well, I've been watching like I saw clips of it and trailers. Like I just don't understand with any home renovation show when I watch it. I'm like, Mm -hmm. how the fuck is this possible? Yeah. Especially dealing with. Well, I'm just trying to get a garage built right yeah. now. And I've been in nine months of permit battles. So I'm yeah. like, how is this possible? Yeah. But I'm most curious, like, have you always been interested in home decor? What sparked this project for yeah. you? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I have always been interested in travel, obviously. Like, I've lived in different countries because of modeling and stuff like that. And I've always seen how other people live. And, you know, when I've lived in other countries like South Africa, I like to immerse myself like I've, you know, been to, you know, locals homes and, Mm -hmm. you know, I just I just love that. Right. So I love the aspect of people, how they live and how different cultures bring in different 
ways to design and also function within their homes. With this show, it was funny because Jess and I were constantly doing, and Jess, Jessica Alba, Mm -hmm. who is my co-host, best friend, and on the show, we're co-creators and co-executive producers of Honest Renovations. And so her and I were, were doing projects together and she would constantly kind of pull me in and be like, hey, what do you think of this? Hey, can you kind of help me with this? And hey, well, but like, let's redo our office space. Let's redo this. Let's redo that. And we did a content house during COVID because that's what <laughs> we did. And <laughs> we redid the entire the entire three floor like content house. So we did that and it was super fun. And we had like a really good time with it. We had like a really good yin and yang. We're crazy together. Mm -hmm. So we have like a natural banter that is super honest and real. And, you know, me coming from the cool, like having the cool mom co and we both have six, like we have six kids between the both of us. So three and three, we wanted to create a design show that also incorporated family, which was really important to me. And I wanted to be able to talk to the families, get to know the families. We wanted to design around the families, but very specific. So it's not like you're a normal just interior design show. You're, we're not claiming to be like major experts or anything like that. There are people for that. We come in and say, hey, we have some experience on this because we both have three kids and we've lived right. through some really kind of major things. And we've both changed our homes along the way. And we've both like tried to like, you know, knock down this wall and do this and kind of create this. And and we found solutions. And so we've like said, okay, we want to bring that to a show. And we also want to help families. Like we want to tap into the family dynamic that we wish we kind of had, you know, someone to come in and be able to do early on and kind of those lessons that we learned. And we're able to do that with this. And so I'm actually very proud of this show. You should be. I'm very proud of this show because you're not only getting amazing before and afters, you're learning more about the families. You're learning about, you know, you're being, you're able to relate to the transitions that they're going through. You're able to relate to us because we're literally just like two friends on there having the best time. Which is so fun for a viewer. And you'll see your friendships in it. Like Mm -hmm. you'll be like, I'd say that to my (laughs) friend too. Like what the hell was she doing? Like, you know, and you're calling each other out. And so I think there's that aspect of it. But then there's also takeaways. And what we found even, I think, in this, you know, doing press for it is that people who aren't even parents or don't have families and they're just like single, living their beautiful lives, mm-hmm. have gotten a lot of takeaways from the show, too, which is great because that's what we set out to do. So I'm like I said, I'm just so happy about this show. I think it's so fun. I think people of like all stages, ages, situations are really going to be able to relate. I do feel like home renovation shows are the one show that like everyone can consume and enjoy. Yes. I don't know why I feel that way. I think it's just family TV. It's family TV. And also I think there's this act of it pulls everyone in from a different angle, whether it's the family, like you're a mom watching and it's like, oh my God, I would do, I love that idea for my child's playroom. Or like, I feel this mom whose house is getting renovated. I feel how she feels. Mm -hmm. Or like there's someone who doesn't have kids who is just really interested in home decor or the DIY person. Like there's always something for everyone. Organization, people who are really big into organization. One of my best friends is a professional organizer and she eats this shit up. I'm telling you. I mean, honestly, I literally, we have um, the nimbleness, Amy from the nimbleness came in and she was like, she helped us with with a lot of the organization mm-hmm. tips on the show. And every time she spoke, I was just like, 
This is how I am what with you, my best friend. What are you saying? What do you, yes. Uh-huh. And where do I get that from? It's like, you know, she it was over like, and I'm like, can you just yeah. fix this? She had little like place <laughs> cards and this and that. And I was like, oh my God, what is this? This is so organized. I can't take it. Yeah. And so it was, it's like that. And I think, you know, that's what we want the viewer to be able to, right. to pick up. So for everyone listening who wants more of you yes. and everything you're doing, where yes. can they best support you? Um, well, obviously watch Honest Renovations, which will be on the Roku channel.com. Or if you have a Roku device, you can or Roku TV, you can watch it there. Um, I also have a podcast yeah. that Cameron has now just right here. <laughs> breaking news. She has agreed to like come on in. and have this conversation on my channel. Um, and it's the Cool Mom Code podcast. We actually launch it August 23rd is our launch date. So I'm very excited about that. And it's going to be basically the Cool Mom Code podcast brings to life the Cool Mom Co. website. So we'll be talking to tastemaker moms in this space who are dope in what they do. And we want to hear their journey. We just want to talk to them, hear their journey. How did they get to where they are? And how did they bridge the gap Mm -hmm. between womanhood and motherhood and what that looks like? Um, And so I'm so excited. I have Jessica on. I have Rachel Zoe on. I just listened to your episode on her show. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah. And so I have like, these are my friends and I'm really excited about it. So I'm really excited about that. And then um, just make sure you follow along at Lizzie Mathis, right? On on Instagram. I'm I'm trying to show you, you know, exactly who I You're am. You're a fun follow. Yeah. <laughs> Everything will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on here. I really Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. I appreciate you. And congratulations again. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I have so much fun recording the show. It is my favorite part of my job and truly is what lights me up. Your feedback and response to every episode is what keeps me going. And if this episode resonated with you, please feel free to DM me over on Instagram or share on your stories. If you are looking for a way to support the show, please rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. It means the world to me and it really helps the show grow. Please also make sure to hit subscribe so that you are up to date with new episodes coming at you every Wednesday morning. And of course, please be sure to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at at Cameron Oaks Rogers. I love you and I appreciate your support so much. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.